imagine you're chasing something your entire life that you think is outside of yourself and you wake up one day and realize you simply had it within. It wasn't in money, marriage, accomplishments, or having babies. The fulfillment is reserved for those that are dangerous enough to find home within themselves. That is my goal here for you. I want you to redefine what rich looks like for you. I'm Jessica Hurley. Welcome to Rich in Real Life. Y'all, we are back for another episode of Rich in Real Life. And I am really excited today because as a business owner, something I've had to and adopt to is thinking bigger, manifesting big, dream big, think outside of myself, kind of allow God to illuminate the path and step into it. And that's really great. However, when you run a business, you also have to be open and considerate of the logic behind running a business because you need the facts and you need the numbers and you need the money. So dreaming big is all good and well, but you need to have somebody on your side or on your team or someone that you are connected to that obviously knows better than you. So I am over the moon to introduce someone to you that I talk to my business about regularly, that I get an opportunity to work with. She is the founder of Little Fish Accounting. She is the host of Fish Food Podcast. She is a a speaker, a soon-to-be author, and might I just add an incredible human being, and I'm so excited to have her. So I am welcoming to Rich in Real Life, Keela Hill Trawick. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. (laughs) Y'all, this is about to get real thick. (laughs) Prepare yourself. (laughs) So this is where I have to start. Um, I've had the amazing opportunity of working with you through your podcast, Mm -hmm. learning about your business. I have friends and clients that are your clients. Mm -hmm. I know the way you lead us around, all Mm -hmm. everyone around. And the reality is, is that the internet and all of the internet experts are telling us that our goals should look like a million dollars, that you don't have a successful business when you, until you make a million dollars. I remember years ago, I was at a retreat in Mexico and a woman sat up there and they were like celebrating her for hitting that seven figure mark. And when they said, how does it feel? The first thing she said on stage that nobody was prepared for was I made 500,000 last year and we made a million this year. And I've got to be honest, there wasn't much of a difference besides more staff and maybe a five to 10% increase in profitability and a hell of a lot more problems. Correct. And I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. So wait, are we all dreaming for something that we might need to be mindful of that we don't need or want or not right now? Yeah. And so I get to have these continued conversations with you on the back end of really seeing what this looks like. And you are big on this. So can you kind of just jump into working with business owners, helping them get clear on what they want and why, why that seven figure mark might not be for them yet? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I run a CPA firm called Little Fish Accounting, and we serve tiny businesses. And for us, that means that they are professional service providers with one owner and teams of usually less than 15. And one of the things that I like to bring up a lot is that small business doesn't mean small time. We've got clients who are making a half million dollars a year. We have people who are making multiple seven figures a year. And it doesn't always look the same for everyone. So a couple of things that I like to think about with that are one, revenue isn't profit, right? So if you make $100,000 and you only spend $10,000, you are doing much better 
than if you make a million dollars and you spend $999,999. Like the money that's left over is not the same as the money that you bring in. And so a lot of people take for granted that they are going to make more in revenue, that they are going to not also increase on their expenses. And so I like to talk about the fact that like you could probably keep more money in your pocket if you were making less, because every time you make an additional dollar, especially for professional service providers, you get to a place where you need to hire more help in order to get that done. And that costs money. <laughs> Girl, I don't even know which direction to go in because as a business owner, I'm constantly experiencing this. And I hate now I'm in year four and mm -hmm. I hate when people are like, oh, you just need a sales team. And I'm like, yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, people love to tell you to delegate. Oh, just hire somebody. Right. And I'm like, they have to be excellent, one. Um, and two, where do these people come from? Where do I get the money to pay them? How do I know what jobs I'm even hiring for? Like when your business is small, you are hiring people as departments. So you're not hiring a sales team, probably. You're hiring like a salesperson who is excellent and going to take care of all of the things that if you were working in a corporation, there'd be like 10 people on the team yes. that would be taken care of. So you are you. the department head. You are. <laughs> and the thing about that is too, as the founder, you're usually the first person in that position. So Correct. before you can delegate, what systems are you using? What Baby, I've been work? everything. Listen, <laughs> I've been, I've been everything. everything from the CEO to the janitor. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Fix the computer, IT, all the things. Correct. What's up? And that's how you know when you hire IT, what they need to be doing for you. Because if you just go out up front and hire a group to take something off of your plate, but you don't know how to do it, how do you know that they're doing their job? Like, how do you know that it's right? There's all these pieces that you need to get your hands dirty in before you delegate it, but eventually you need to delegate. So one of the things I think that you are really great at, I'm going to call it a term, you may call it something else, is like capacity planning. Yeah. Because again, and I'll use my business as an example, we sell what I would consider a high ticket-ish item. Mm -hmm. And people are always like, oh, well, if you just got four or five more of those, you would make so much more money. You could make more profitability. And I'm yeah. like, pause. You know how <laughs> the much answer is not team? a sales team because that's more work, more time. And I need, every time I get two or three new clients, I need two or three, four, four more team members yeah. to manage bringing in those new clients. I'm in a phase right now where I am trying to create perfection around the systems mm -hmm. that I have that make the clients that I have have a really great experience. And so I don't want to then front load that just because money's knocking on the door all the time. The thing that I want to add to that too is when we talk about how much money you make and we talk about like how much your goal is for the next year or the year after, one of the questions that I often ask is how did it feel though? Like if you made more money than you ever did this year, but that shit felt miserable, why you want to do that again? Like, do you want to increase that? Do you want to double that? Or do you want to stop and say, if I make exactly the same this year as I made last year, but I have better maintenance, I'm taking better care of my clients, I'm charging in a different way, I got to take more time off, that's a much better life than I doubled our revenue, but... I never got to be off. I didn't take any vacations. All I did was work. It's like, okay, yay for more money. And also this sounds terrible. What was the point of leaving to work for yourself if it was going to feel like trash? And so when I think about making additional money, to your point about getting the systems in place and getting the team in place, it's like do that while you're making, quote, less. While you're at a place where you can take this many clients and super serve them and take really good care of them. And if you build all of that out, the next time you want to double your client roster or double your team size, the foundation is already there. 
if you don't have that, you can make the money. Like you can always make the money. You, right. There are services you don't even do that you could do and get paid for them. Correct. But you don't want to. And if you don't want to, and you know what you're trying to get to, how do you get really good at that? And then the money flows from it, as opposed to, I'm just trying to get as many dollars as possible. Hi, my name is Jessica Hurley, and I just welcomed you to my therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> this is my therapy session because you said so many things. I was like, shit, okay, yeah, yep, mm-hmm. yep. you can stop yelling at me now. <laughs> um, there's so much to pick apart in what you just said. And all I could think about as you were saying this was something that you said to me on a call one time, and it was advice that you were you were given. Mm-hmm. You said that someone, and correct me when I say this, it was something along the lines of like, you quit your job and now you hate what creative. Oh, my husband told me that. I was miserable. I was burned out. I was doing all of the services that I had promised that we were going to do. I was very excited about how we were taking care of people, but I was tired. I was working 16, 18, 20 hour days. I was barely getting sleep. I was working probably six to seven days a week for months at a time. And I was miserable. And my husband was like, but you built this. Like you had the opportunity to build whatever you wanted. The chills went right here. So listen, talking. <laughs> and you built some shit you hate. You're the boss. You're the boss. You make all the rules. And you built a business that you can't stand. So do something different. If you made it like this, you can make it better. But it's all up to you. And I think a lot of times we treat our businesses like they're circumstantial. The economy is down. People aren't hiring me. You know, I'm not getting in front of the right people. I need to up my ad spend or my social media or whatever the thing is. It's like, it's you. What kind of work do you want to do? And who do you want to do it for? And if you're not doing that, those are the changes that need to be made. You can make money. But like, if you're serving a bunch of people because they're willing to pay you, and you're not getting paid enough, you need to let them go. Okay. Before I even bring up what I know that you are the queen of, (laughs) I just want to use myself, throw myself under the bus in this scenario. What you just explained was my year this year. Yeah. Because it was the most money I'd ever made. It was the most momentum I've ever seen. And I'll even go as far as saying it was, it's the most visibility I've ever had. I am in that season of my life where I go places and my friends are like, oh, I literally have people coming up to me. Like, do you know Jessica? Oh, you know Jessica Hurley? (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God. So the visibility and momentum is there. So it's wild to stand in a place where I'm like, I know I'm where I thought I prayed Mm -hmm. for, Mm -hmm. but I'm exhausted. Yeah. I have no free time. Full disclosure, I've tried to take a vacation twice, backed out of it both times. So I'm good for like a two-day runaway with my son or two-day runaway, but I can't get a week. I can't get a week. And I know that's – and what's so crazy is just the last couple weeks I've had to say to myself, like, you chose this. You picked this. You made this mess. Why did you why And you have to choose less. Right. There's no way out of this but to choose less. And it's crazy when you learn that because I still have people that come to me. They're like, oh, my God, I just talked to someone that offers the podcast guesting services. You should do that. And I'm like – Hell no. That's more work. That's more work. Yeah. And I can't figure out how to burn down what I have built to make it more desirable for the life that I want. You got to burn it all down. And one of the things that- We have a friend, shout out to Amber Cabral, that calls, tells us Keela all the time is the queen of burning it all down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she like, you'll be fine. Burn it all down. You'll be. <laughs> and the reason I say that is I had the same thing. 
Like when we changed our services. So when we started, we were like most accountants, which was like a buffet of accounting services. You can get it all right Whatever here. Whatever you need, <laughs> I could probably do it. If you don't know how, I could probably take care of it. Pause. Tell me you're a business owner without telling me you're a business owner. When you are, when someone is like, I just need this, this, and this in the back of your mind. You're like, I've never done that before. But you, you're I like, know more than you do. But I know more than you do. And I will go figure this out tonight. Correct. And yes, I will do this for you. And <laughs> also business owners, just so you know, you will always underprice from that at the beginning mm. because you'll think, I don't know how to do that. Uh, $500? Cause I'm getting you to pay me for me to go learn. I need to double that. Cause I'm learning. Like I <laughs> so need it to cost more. Time and the exactly. <laughs> exactly. But we had that. We were doing tax returns and bookkeeping and all of these kind of ad hoc things. And I remember when I made the decision of like, I don't want to do these ad hoc things. I want to have relationships with our clients. I want to know you. Mm. I don't want to have a thousand tax prep things that I have to do. I can't remember all of those people. I want to be able to be like, last time we talked, this is what was going on in the business. What's up? What's going on now? What are you doing with that? You were saying that this was hard for you. Is that still hard? And I remember having a conversation with a client who said, you're raising your prices too much. And I actually think that you could get more clients if you just offered like half of that and then charged half of it. And I was like, but I don't want more clients. I want better clients, clients. for what I want to do. I want to scream this from the top of my Listen, And the thing is, when you first start your business, it feels like people, you just want people to pay you. Correct. Please pay me. Please pay I me. I promise you I'll do a good job. And actually, can you pay me a little bit more? I'll kind of beg for it. But if you could just give me like a little tiny bit more, I would just be so grateful. But like, <laughs> this is so real. <laughs> you are good at the thing. Right. And you should be paid for it. Accordingly, once I realized, hey, there's something special about the thing that you do, but you can't do that for everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody can't have access. It feels like, I will say this, it feels like you're leaving money on the table. Yes. You will think to yourself, I could take 100 people and I'm only taking 20. They would pay me this much. Correct. And I'm just going to say no to all of that money. Yeah, you are. Because when you can make for those 80 people that left the same amount for those 20, you take week-long vacations. You take two-week vacations. You talk to your clients longer. You get to try. One of the things that I am most excited about for business owners that choose this route is that you have space for creativity. You have room to be able to be like, what other services can I offer? Do y'all like this? Okay, I could probably do that and have a call with you every two weeks instead of every quarter because there are so many fewer of you. I could... Send somebody to your house or to the place that you are because I have recommendations. Like whatever the thing is, I can actually think through how to make this better because I'm not constantly on a hamster wheel of just production. And so when you make that space for yourself, when you take fewer clients and you charge enough for that, you get to rethink what your business looks like. It doesn't have to look like it did in year one because now you got time to sit back and be like, huh, since I've been doing this for y'all, I actually have a different idea of how I can handle this. You don't have time to have different ideas when you're putting out fires every day. Oh, my God. So I'm listening to you and I'm sitting here thinking the way you just explained this logically yields so much into energetically, like from the fem feminine and masculine approach and the yeah. body and your physical awareness. I know for me, I always say something very similar to what you just said, just in a different way of like, I know that I am far, way too far into my masculine 
when I lack creativity, when mm. I'm unable to be present with my son, and when I'm short-tempered, angry. I, I, I have like a very set of emotions when I'm too far by masculine. And I can't be creative. Yeah. And I know in order for me to be creative, in order for me to be present, I have to like lean into the femininity. I have yeah. to, and that starts with, I have to start saying no. I have to start accepting less. I have to make space for myself because it takes work. It takes work for me to be in, like to lean into that side of myself. Yeah. And so if the minute that I'm like, I feel that I'm on a hamster wheel, I lack create, I'm like, oh, you are way too far in your doing. Yeah. You need to back off and get into your being. Yes. But and you, you're feeling. And you're feeling. Yeah. And you will back yourself into a corner of your business where you have learned how to effortlessly make money. Mm -hmm. You think you've learned how to effortlessly make money, but you will literally be saying, yes to everyone and no to yourself and here's the thing i want to add to that that i hadn't thought about really this way before is that you can grow without getting bigger so i think a lot of times when we think about creativity and all the things we want to do for our business we are like that's so that i can get big like i could serve this many people and then i can have a team of this many people and then if i can do this you know if i can make a hundred thousand i can make two hundred fifty thousand if i can make 250 i can make 500 and if i can take 10 clients and do well by them, I could get to 100 clients. Or you could just do really, really well for 10 at a time. And you could support them. And one of my friends, Nicole, says you can super serve them. Super serve. All of the things. And maybe you go from 10 to 20. And then there are no openings. And then you make five of those 20 and then you make super five. serve clients where you charge them extra or bonus. Correct. Or you give them a deeper, like, extended service yeah. for more because you're able to serve them on a more intimate level. And also when they take a break, there's a spot open, but there's no spots. If I'm taking 20 and y'all 20 are in my bag, can't nobody come in. And while number 19 is taking a break, I got one spot available. If you would like a season, I can fit you in here, but we don't have a revolving door of what is available for people to come in. No. I don't have to get bigger. I can, when we talk about that creativity and that space and this ability to like make these small tweaks to make the business better, we can do that with small teams and small groups of clients and all of that. You don't have to get 175 people on your roster in order to get better. You know, one of the things I think about is luxury, right? So not us, not you, not you talking us all into having a luxury service. Listen, continue. <laughs> and luxury is about intention. It is not about price, right? Mm. So you can have a luxury experience at Target. Correct. You go in there, they have, you know, the setup of the makeup that you want and they have the beautiful bedding and the candles and all of that stuff. And you walk in and you're like, oh, this is nice. I can smell these. I can feel it. Pause. We just had a luxury service downstairs at Greenwise. <laughs> Greenwise will take care of you if you let them. Okay. <laughs> we were at cheese, wine, Listen, everything. <laughs> we had tasters. We had beautiful customer service. But the thing is, no matter what business you do, you can do that. Absolutely. There is a difference when you get onto a flight between what you experience on a Southwest versus a Delta. Correct. Right? Like, so my thing about luxury is this idea that you feel like the individual that is being taken care of, it is not transactional. It is a relationship. There is a difference between in my service saying, I'm going to give you financial statements. You're yes. going to get them every month. 
And what we do as a lift to that is every month when you get financial statements, I record a walkthrough video of your financials for you to tell you what they mean. So if you are in one tier, you're just going to get that video. If you're in the next tier up, you're also going to get a monthly call where we talk about the future. Correct. But either way, luxury to me means I'm not just going to give you a deliverable and make you figure it out on your own. Correct. And so I think about how if you're just doing that little bit extra, if you're just giving people that little extra piece, it won't be about the money. Because then when people are like, oh, I need a cheaper version of you, it'll be like, well, they don't do what I do. So yeah, if you just need somebody to make a podcast for you, sure, you might be able to find somebody. But if you want the experience that I give you, nobody else can do that for you. But that takes space. And you, it's just not feasible for you to be able to have that space for an infinite number of people. Eventually, we have to be like, I can serve this many people really, really well. I'm going to take excellent care of them. They are going to be my super fans. But like, it's only so many of y'all that we can do that for. And that's not a bad thing. You know, growth is not a bad word. But if you don't do it intentionally, you will create a business that you hate. You'll create a business where you're constantly chasing a thing. You don't even know why you're chasing it anymore. But it was the next goal. Of course, I want a million dollars. So we're just going to do whatever it takes to get me to a million dollars. And I'm like, you got debt. You ain't filed your taxes. Your team don't work. But yes, a million dollars. Let's make a million dollars. Were you the one that was like, one of the things I do often is ask why? Yeah. Like, and but okay, you want to make it, but why? You want a big team, but why? Yeah. And it's like, when you start asking yourself that five, seven times, you're like, Shit, because someone else told me that that was what success looked like. Yeah. And like, what do you want? Like when I think about this concept of enough, like we all got to find a cap. We all got to get to a place where we're like, once I get to this point, I'm a chill. It may be a reset. It may be a pivot. It may be a break. It may be sit and enjoy the scenery for a moment. It may be just, just relax. Yes. But eventually you got to get to a point where you're like, when I hit here, I just got to sit down. Correct. What that is based on is what you actually want for your life. And so when you think about if you want a million dollars, there's nothing wrong with wanting a million dollars. Like more money feels good. So I am not mad at like wanting a million dollars. What I'm mad at is like, but how did you get to your first 100K? How'd that feel? You got the right team? Are the right services in place? Are you underpricing? Is the idea that if you just charged properly, you could make double the money without taking on more people? Do you just need one more person on your team as opposed to 12 more people on your team? Do you just need to replace three contractors with one full-time person? Like, is there a way that you can do well with the foundation so that 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 growth feels easier, feels better, feels like a life that you actually want to live on your way there? Like, one of the things I think about when me and my husband were talking about buying a house. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to move to a neighborhood that was on its way. (laughs) (laughs) Almost there. It was, I mean, it wasn't really close to almost. It had had some places to go. It was cute. Right. And he was like, but if we lived here for a while and then we sold it, like we could X, Y, Z our money. Right. Right. And I was like, but I got to live there in the meantime. And I want to like my house. And I want to like my neighborhood. And I want to walk the dog and feel safe. And I don't care if in three years we could double our money, if I kind of got to feel like trash and be trapped inside my house. It's the same thing with your business. 
You want to enjoy the journey and the business. It doesn't matter that you reach the goal. We don't have to feel miserable. It doesn't have to be a struggle all the time. There are seasons for struggle, but like make that be a phase and not the way you run your business is in struggle. And so when I'm thinking about you being intentional, us being intentional about these businesses that we're growing, I think about smaller goals about like, all right, can I take one week of vacation this year? Right. What do we have to do in the whole business so that I can have that? The money will come. We will get paid. Right. Somehow the universe always works it out. Always. Always. You can make, Amber taught me this too. <laughs> You can make your own money. There are things that we don't do now that I could start charging for. And then we would make the money. Like if you are ever in a place where you need to make another dollar, the beautiful thing about entrepreneurship is you just build it and sell it. You literally today, if you don't want to offer podcast guesting things, tomorrow, if you were like, yo, we broke, you just make that as a service and then somebody will pay you for it. Hmm. So the money is not the thing. Ever. Ever. It's the life. Because the money can't get you vacation. If you're making all the money in the world and you can't never take breaks, then what was the point? How do you get free in your business? And then the money comes after that. And in the meantime, we got to worry about dollars, right? I'm an accountant. So I'm not telling you live off of $5 a day <laughs> to make this happen. What I'm saying is that doesn't have to be the only goal. There are more important things in your business and then the money flows from those decisions. God, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple things that as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking, okay, so one I want to talk about, I want to get into making space yeah. for bigger things, which has been a huge lesson for me this year. But first, I want to talk about something that I've noticed in this reoccurring theme of the conversation with you that I think is so unique. As an account founder of an accounting firm, yep. someone that is obviously to mess with money, y'all, you got to be logical. <laughs> you have to be factual because I know my creative brain can't do it. So I know the space that you come from. And man, am I always impressed. Yeah. But you are a logical thinker. You are factual. You are, you know, numbers driven. I just picture this. I know this version of you. But I love that what's threaded through everything that you're saying is you have had to constantly reinvent your business so that you could be in service of not only your client, but in service of a business that you love. Yeah. And what you've designated clearly, which I appreciate because you have not. How long have you been in business? Five years. Five years. Yep. You have said, OK, I can do this with a number as many people as I would like. Quantity mm -hmm. could be the name of the game if I chose. Mm -hmm. But quality to me Mm -hmm. Keila has, I have decided that quality to me looks like spending quality time with my clients, mm -hmm. making sure that I have a conversation with them based off the numbers of where they can go and where mm -hmm. they can't go. And by God, being the person that all of us need, which is like, I, I love your dreams, but I need you to come back a little <laughs> bit. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's okay that you think that, but let's talk about how yeah. and when is the time. Maybe it's not right now. Maybe it's next quarter. Yeah. Maybe it's double up on this and then you can do that Q4. Yeah. Like you have found and decided this is the part that brings me joy. Yeah. So how can I have more of this? And to have more of this, I have to take less of this. Yes. And I think so many of us are so distracted by that damn number yeah. or continuing to pay the staff that we have or continuing to buy the inventory that we think we have to buy or whatever the thing is mm -hmm. that we just cannot fathom less. 
Yeah. Because we're like, once it's, to me, it's the, it's the equivalent of therapy. You know, people are like, I'll go to therapy when I make enough money. Yeah, to yeah, pay. yeah. No, bitch, go to therapy now. Today. Like, today. Yesterday. Yes. Yes. I don't care how much money you have. Find it. Go. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. then it will change your money. Yeah. So yeah. it's, I'm listening to you and I'm like, I think it's so profound that as a person of logic and realistic, as you should be. Yes. Yeah, yeah. God knows we need it. But you have decided, okay, here's the part that brings me joy. I want more of this. Yeah. And I will burn it all down. <laughs> Yes. And rebuild it again to make sure that I can have these intimate relationships with my clients because less is more. Yeah. I think a lot about the fact that I say that Little Fish is our own target client. So mm. I am our clients, small business owner, really small team, professional services, figuring it out. And so one of the special things about that is it means I am not just having accounting conversations. I'm having CEO conversations. I know what you're going through because if I haven't already, I'm going to. Correct. And so I have people that advise me too in order to know that. And one of the things that I noticed about like talking to small businesses that I don't think I knew, I knew at first is that numbers are scary because people don't know what they mean. And if you understood them better then you might be able to make a different decision about what you wanted to do next. So a lot of it is like, my bookkeeper gives me financial statements. And I'm like, did you look at them? No, but they give them to me every month. I'm like, then why are you paying them? Because you have no idea what's going on in your business. And if you're not going to know anyway, you could save that money that you're paying them. They're putting it in place for you, but you cannot make strategic decisions. You can't decide what you want to do next in the business. Like none of that gets to happen because somebody's doing something in the background that you don't even look at. And so what was important to me was that clients felt educated because that's what I need. Accounting happens not to be the thing that I need the most help in, but there are a variety of business things that I'm like, I'm not the expert in this, but I want to understand because that's how we get better. And so what I knew early on, especially for really small businesses, was that most people get deliverables. You get mm -hmm. a tax return, mm -hmm. you get financial statements, you get a thing. And somebody's like, I did this for you. I'm an expert. You have it. So if You're anyone welcome. asks for it, here it is. Correct. <laughs> but I was like, do you understand your tax return? When you say, good example. People always want to talk to accountants about saving taxes, right? So people come to me <laughs> constantly and are like, how can I pay less in taxes? And here's the thing. If you pay less in taxes, you usually got to spend money. So if you're going to spend $100 to save $25 in taxes, I'd rather you just pay the $25 in taxes. So my question when people say, how can I save on taxes is, how much money do you have in the bank? Because I can tell you all these ways to save money for your taxes in December. And you're going to have a light Q1. And all that <laughs> money that you spent to buy 17 computers <laughs> and pay yourself 38000 in bonuses yep. and spend all that. And then come January, you don't have no money, money. in the bank. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And so for me, it was more important that you had that. That we could have a conversation about like, yeah, a tax return. I'm going to do that. That's going to be fine. Right. But like, what are you trying to get in your business? What do you, how much money do you need to pay your team for three months? Mm -hmm. If you're going to take a month long sabbatical next year, how many clients already need to be in your pipeline in order for that to happen? Taxes come after that. Cause mm -hmm. I need to make sure that you can sustain yourself, that you can make decisions about the big picture. And then I can give you tax advice that actually supports that. And so 
when I started thinking about that's how we can serve clients differently, it also helped me to think about other small businesses. And it's like, what would that look like for you? Ours happens to be tax returns or monthly financials or whatever the thing is. But like, how could you add a little bit more of your expertise and charge more for it so that you don't have as many people pulling on you in order for you to get paid? There's so much I could share about my business because, again, you are talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a rough year. And it's crazy to sit there and say, like, I feel so blessed Mm -hmm. because I, again, made the most money I've ever made, like had the strongest team. And I know there will be stronger A players to come. But like I we have done things. We have gone places that I have dreamt and done that work. And I'm like, okay, we are here now. Yep. But to see that much money and have very little to show for it. Yes. Is far more threatening than any successful outcome. Yes. That I could have bartered for where I'm like, oh, that money came and went. And okay. All right. (laughs) Well, um, Oh, that's gone. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) you know, and that, that gets all into why this information and education is so important because I remember everyone on the outside was like, Oh, it's your rent. If you weren't paying so much money in rent. And like, I remember my CPA at the time was like, no, no, you're good on that. That's you're at the 30%. You're good. Like actually it's the overhead of your staff and, and the cost of what you do, you're not charging enough. So you are, your margins are paper. You might as well Correct. There's nothing there. Yes. So that has very little to do. You're actually under the 30%. And I was like, oh, okay. So no one knows what they're talking about. Yeah. And I don't know what I'm doing. So we have to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, yeah. And that level of education, something that simple is like, when I remember all the opinions I was receiving and I was like, none of this is aligned with what's actually happening. So I got to burn it all down and start over again. And also, who's giving advice? So there's plenty of people that's like, oh, you need to pay less on this and do less on this. I'm like, you're not even where I'm trying to go. Oh. So... How you going to tell me how to get better? If I had a button. (laughs) (laughs) You're not. And you don't know. And that's no shade to you, but you don't. And so you're advising me on what I should do and how I can make my business better. And you just need to hire. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. And so I need to, you need to talk to experts that do. You need to talk to people that are where you want to go, who are one step ahead of you, two steps ahead of you. Because then you have different perspectives to be able to, you know, I say a lot, um, millionaires don't have thousandaire problems. So you look into like what celebrities are doing with their taxes or with their money. I'm like, they not you. Get what you need from them, but also talk to the people in your tax bracket who can give you some advice on what these things look like, but you can't take advice from everybody. And if you are growing rapidly, you are constantly in learning and unlearning mode. Yeah. Because I'm like, whatever got you there becomes a liability at scale. So if you are scaling quickly, you are always in question mode. You are Mm -hmm. like, I need to find someone better than me. I need to find someone that is parallel to me. I need to find someone that can help me answer these questions because what I did last year won't work this year. Correct. And if I try to do this, I'll fuck everything up. Yes. So like having, we talked about this early on is the community, having that CEO network, having those friends that are doing what you're doing. I'm not asking my friends anymore. No. I'm asking my network. Also, let's be real clear. There is a difference between working for yourself and running a business. So if you are a person who is out here using your skill to get paid, but you don't have no team and you don't have service packages, you might not even have a website. You can't give me the same advice. advice. And so I think that that jump from I was working for myself, I quit my job and I'm doing this to, oh crap, I have a business that I am running. 
is a leap that we don't talk about enough. And you need a different kind of expertise at that level. Somebody mm. needs to be talking to you about hiring. Somebody has to talk to you about taxes differently because is the business structure that's set up still the right fit for you now that you've got five people under you? Should you still be hiring contractors? You know, are the prices making sense now? That It might've been one price when that was enough to like cover your salary. Cause that's what right. most of us are trying to do. Like, how can I make what I was making when I quit my job? But like, is it enough to pay people and benefits and taxes? Because if it's not, you need to make a pricing difference. And so that's another shift is when you're taking advice from people, when you're talking to people, there are people who are working for themselves and there are CEOs. Mm. And that's a different kind of network. Very different. Yeah. Very different. Okay. So I want to get into this part of where we, you and I have talked about this at length and we started with this about the capacity portion yes. of making space. Like taking less and making space for more and the beautiful lessons that have come with this. Yeah. And I'm going to throw myself into the fire with this one is we have done a great job. I wouldn't even say a great job, but we have done the job of quantity. We yeah. at Insta Podcast have done the job of quantity. Like I will even go as far to toot my horn and say that like majority of people are going to, you know, when we did a podcast, yeah. you're yeah. like, they did that. We had everybody. And that's what everyone says to me. Like, oh, I, you do everybody's podcast. Yeah. And that was a thing for a while. And then what happened? There was not much to show for it. I was burned out, like all the things. Yeah. But what I didn't know how to do, like one thing that'll really mess you up as a, a CEO is like when you keep looking at what you're doing, you're knowing, you know that you were doing the same thing over, over and over again. And the result is not changing, but you're like, but I don't know how to get out of it. Yeah. And so I keep trying to back out, but my biggest fear is like, but I'm just not capable of losing five to ten thousand right, dollars right, a month right, right now. Right, I right. just can't. I need that money to stay. I would have to fire staff. I need to then let that money go, and then I also need to know that it's coming back. Yep. And then I also have to be able to manage the quantity of clients. So we this won't work. Yeah. So I was in this holding pattern of like yep. I might as well have been flying the plane in a circle and I can't land because there's a big dark cloud underneath. Yeah. And I'm like, how do we get out of this? And then I always say this, God just made the decision for me. Yeah. I always say God makes decisions for me because I don't have the courage. Correct. So he's like, okay, you're not going to do it. I'll do it for you. It's taking too long. I got you. I got you. I know this is where you struggle. (laughs) I'll fix it. So come months ago, I just had a four or five clients that were like, hey, either I'm taking a, none of it was because of us. They were like, hey, we're either taking a break. I'm too busy in this season or we're going to go find someone else to do it less expensive. Take that personal. Listen. It hurts your heart. I was, I remember the calls with my team where I was like, what the fuck did we do? Right. Like, what'd you break? And I'm like, we're not, we could, I can't handle this. Yeah. So I went into like urgent CEO fix it mode. Like, I'm like, okay, I'll come up with an additional service. I'll do this. I'll do that. And how do I do it where I don't have to hire additional staff? I'll take the L. Mm -hmm. I'll take my time and make this extra money. And I'm just fumbling. Because I have so much extra time. So much so much. I can just make a part-time job. Bullshit. But <laughs> I made myself an extra part-time job. And I was like, out of the 40 negative hours that I didn't have available. Correct. And I'm like, okay, I'll do this and I'll do that. And, I'll, and I am hustling to make this money back. And here's what's so unique. Number one, what was really beautiful was I'm damn near, I'm a crybaby and y'all know this. So I'm damn near crying to all of my CEO community friends about like, what the fuck do I do? I don't know what to do. I'm losing money. You know, and then of course I have all these incredible people like yourself and our friends that are like, uh, you're undercharging. You should have been serving those people in the first place and take a deep breath. Remember who you are, you know, 
get it together yeah. and carry on and you need to charge more and those people will come. Yeah. And if you need to pivot a little bit, pivot for a while, but it's okay. These people will come. And then you fast forward to my most recent season where the last three contracts I've gotten have not, have been double or triple what we were charging. Yeah. So I had to let those four people, five people go mm-hmm. for one person to replace and double what yeah. we were bringing in for that amount. So now this is less work. I get more quality out of my team members. Yeah. We feel safer. We can look at and assess on the help we need and what yeah. we want to do with the team. And the just, just to take the step back recently and be like. Also, I want to lean into the less work part. Because when you grow up as like a type A productivity oh person, blah, blah, blah. It can feel like less work means that you're being lazy. Yes. You're like, why would I do less if I could do more? Like, why am I taking one client when I know I could take 13? And you don't serve them as well. That's no. just real. You can't because you don't have as much space. But also like, why shouldn't it feel good to do less? We can't serve everybody and we shouldn't be. There is a place for those clients that needed less than what was being provided or wanted to pay less. There's a person that can take care of you. You are the ideal client for somebody. But like for what I want to do and who I want to serve, this might not be the best fit. And we take that personally. And I think clients can sometimes take it personally where it's like, ah, you got so big. Now you're only taking people that do X, Y, and Z. I get that a lot. Listen. <laughs> they were like, I see you getting big. Are you going to charge me more? <laughs> We had similar conversations where people were like, I see your prices going up. Is that going to be? And I was like, I shouldn't have to be undercharged forever because I didn't know any better when I brought people on forever to this price that I made when I didn't know any better. Now that I know better, I need to charge more. But you are penalizing me for not knowing better at first and basically being like, I got you on a discount. You need to keep me at this discount forever. That's not fair. I remember grandfathering people in year after year when we grew and it would be like, we would up our price, but then I'd be like, but they've been here forever. So I'll keep them at this price or I'll like bump them up a little bit and we'll send them that email. And this was the year where I was like, oh no, let them go. Yeah. Let them go. We had the exact same thing. Every year the team would be like, they need to go up to the regular price. And I'd be like, yes, you're absolutely right. And then we would send out (laughs) proposals for the next year. And I'd be like, just take them up like this much. Cause I don't want to hurt them because that's a big jump for them. Yeah. And I took them when I didn't know my value. I didn't know. And what you can afford and what I charge don't got to be a line. They ain't got to be the same. If what we charge for what we know we do well is too much for you. I want to give you a soft place to land. I want to refer you. I want to make sure that you have somebody who's going to take care of you, but I am not holding that. I don't belong to you. And as long as I know that, then I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that you're good, but you're going to have to be good without us. It is so power. I am exactly where you are. Cause I remember two years ago being like, oh my God, no, lessen it. Like it, I would do anything to keep someone. And now I'm like, oh, this is what we do now. This is how much it is. Yeah. If that's not something you're interested in, I will give you a soft place to I land. I'm like, here's three referrals. Here's a video on how to do this. In fact, you could probably outsource this. You want me to help you hire somebody? Yep. I'm like, actually, you could do a third of this and then you just have to, your team could do this extra part. Here's all your assets. Yep. Good luck and call me if you need anything. I'm here. But gladly but stay. pass it off. Yeah. Because you cannot stay. And I was, I wanted you to stay when I wasn't clear 
And this goes back to that part where you said realizing the stuff that brings you joy. Yeah. There's nothing that brings me more joy right now than serving the the level of clients I serve now at a really high level. I love it. I mean, and you don't have as much resentment, right? Like when somebody needs to get on a call with you, you're not like, (laughs) (laughs) another call. I've been on the phone all day, all week. And now you want to talk? No, email me. It is a whole different feeling where you're like, girl, yeah. You want to talk on Friday or Monday? I got time. Sunday. I'll call you on Sunday. (laughs) It don't matter. I'm available. And what I think about when we were talking about capacity and capacity planning is an operations manager that I had a very long time ago, um, shout out to Ashley Dior, thank you, um, told us one time, you can't lay track while the train's still running. At some some point, you're going to have to pause. And that was that was this summer for Little Fish. We had a wait list. You could not sign up for service. Was that leaving money on the table? Yes. Every time I saw somebody's name got added to the wait list, I wanted to be like, hey, just check with them. Just read. Just, just, in it, case they find somebody else. Because we could probably <laughs> take them right now. We just took that one. But I knew that if we were going to improve service, mm. all of our systems felt like they broke. It was like everything worked. And then at year five, to your point about like, as you grew, everything that got you there won't keep. It seemed like every system was like, I thought this All was going to be All the cracks start to appear. Yo. And so I was like. <laughs> they get bigger and bigger. Pause. <laughs> everything. Stop. Yep. We're not taking on any new people. I don't care how much they're willing to pay us or what they would be willing to come in for. We're not taking on new people and we are letting go of everybody who is not an ideal fit. And that is crazy. Now. Here's where the accounting comes in. The reason I knew we could do that is because I knew how much money we had in the bank. I knew that if we didn't get another new client for the next six months, I could pay everybody and run the business. Mm. So know that. Know how much leeway you have. You may not have six months. You might got six weeks, but pause for that six weeks. Pause and get all your stuff in order because when we reopen those doors, our messaging was clear. We were very defined on who we were going to take and who we weren't. And we were talking to the right people. There was no more of me jumping on free calls of people who just needed an accountant. It was like, we're specific about who we take. We're going to give you a a luxurious experience, but we only given so many people that. And I think, I don't know that I would have understood how available that was to me if we hadn't taken a step back. Because as long as you're on the hamster wheel, Mm. you can't see through that cloud. You can't see what you're supposed to be doing differently because it's like, yeah, 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 I'll think about that. But I have 16 episodes that need to go out by Friday. I got three calls that I need to have tomorrow. Two new people are trying to come on. And here is another thing that I want to make really clear because I think for service providers, this gets missed a lot. You got to onboard people. So you think I'm going to get this new person in and they're going to pay me $2,000 a month. But like first you got to get them in. And you got to get all their stuff and you have to get all their documents. And you got to have these initial calls to get them started. And that's you. That's you. So you already full. And now these three new people that you're so excited that they're going to pay you money every month need you for the next month, two months, whatever your onboarding process is. And you do not have space to give that to them. That's why we pause is I was like, I actually can't onboard another person. Because I'm so busy taking care of the people that we have that if one more person signs on and I have to have a weekly call with them, which I love, but when am I going to do it? When when would I talk to them? And I think a lot of us think we skip that step. We're like, they'll be in and then my contractors will take care of them or my team will take care of them and it'll be like clockwork. We got systems. Uh Uh-huh. But like for the next two months, it's you. 
So even if all your stuff works, you do the marketing, you do the social media, all these people come in. If you got 15 new clients next week, who going to bring them on? Who's going to do it? And so if you don't pause to say, this is what it looks like to start working with us, who's going to take some of these jobs? Who's going to take some of these pieces? So that I make sure that starting to work with us feels just as good as working with us ongoing, feels good, just as good as if, if and when we have to offboard you. Like all of that feels nice. And a lot of times I think that we're going towards a goal, right? You're like, you know, I need this Instagram reel to pop off or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what if it worked? Could you do it? What if it worked? What if all the things that you're putting in place worked? You need 25 new clients this year, boom, they here. Could you do the work? Do you have the systems in place? Do you have the systems? To handle it. Do you have the team? Do you have the time? Because otherwise, when we go back to that why question, why? You think it's for money, but who going to do it? So think about that. If everything that you're asking for came true, could you? And would you want to? I don't know if y'all can see me right now, but I am... Um... I'm like a duck, <laughs> like a duck on water. And my feet are like this while you're talking because I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is me. Like, this is, this is insane. I'm, oh, this is so true. Like all of it. Oh, I hope you guys are getting this because rich in real life was truly about this concept. And we took it to a yeah. business level, which was so important to me because I learned years ago, I met some of the, this whole concept was bred on years ago, finding myself around some of the wealthiest people and realizing they were the unhappiest. Mm. And I was like, I want to be rich in real life. I want rich in community. I don't want to look rich. I don't want to look rich. I want to feel rich. Yeah. I want to feel safe. I want to feel safe in my connections, my community, my friendships, my business, my yeah. money, everything that I create. I want to create, I want as much as what I do each day to be as much of my life that I crave and desire and find joy and yeah. happiness in on purpose on purpose yeah. with intention yeah and I'm listening to this and I'm like and actually as you were talking I kind of theorized this I don't know how true this is but you know how they always say like certain percentage of businesses don't make aren't successful past five years yeah and I'm listening to this and you and I are both talking about this phase yeah and we're both at the five-year mark yeah and it's like so I think this is that point of survival where uh -huh. it's like keep doing what you do and go ahead and tank this thing. Yep. Or tank yourself. Yeah. Because you can become completely it's unhealthy. You. It's up to you. Yeah. Or you can take what you know, revisit, pause, reset, and rebuild this thing that in a way that is better systematically. Yep. More of what you want and healthier for you. And pause doesn't mean quit. Pause does not mean quit. I Listen, I remember we have a friend and I, I messaged her for advice. And she sent me on a long audio message back and I was driving in my car and I remember like I got ready in my seat and I was like, Ooh, it's two minutes. It's two minutes. It's going to be good. She about to break this down. <laughs> and I was driving and I pressed play and she was like, you just need a reset in your business and you need this, this, and this. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. And she goes, but I'm going to be honest with you. The first thing you're going to have to do is you need to find a 30 day break. And I was like, what? I have 30 days. I ain't got 30 days. <laughs> like, what? And she was like, I know that's hard. You don't have to necessarily stop the business, but you're not taking any more clients mm -hmm. and you're going to need to pause. And I was like, who the fuck? What? How? Right. But Why would you recommend not? this? Yes. And I'm yeah. like, I am in a weird place. Why would I pause <laughs> to make it even weirder? Yeah. But the reality is, is this was so true. And it's beyond the creativity. It's taking 10 steps back and being like, you built something really dope. Yeah. You're now in a place where you hate it or you dislike it. Or it doesn't work anymore. And the idea is good. Yes. The execution may not be exactly what you want, but you don't have to throw the whole thing in the trash. Because you executed when you knew very little. Now yeah. you know a lot. 
you're, you can only be better. Yes. So let me rebuild this the right way yeah. because I kind of built it jumping out of the plane. Yep. Now I have a jet and yeah. I can like, I have some time. Exactly. <laughs> My seat's comfy. I got some room. Yes. Oh, this was so good. So I'm going to wrap with two questions. Bet. I want to ask you one. What is for those that are, might not be here yet that are, mm-hmm. you know, in that I've started the business. I have the, the website, the online thing. I've seen some money come in. Maybe I'm close to my first six figures and they are on the fence of like, they're, they're getting addicted to the same message that we yeah. got addicted to yeah. once, which is like scale, 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 market, 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 like make more money, bring more sales and hire more. Oh, you just need to hire more people. You can do more yeah. things. Yeah. Like what would your advice be to them? of a way to look at their business to say when they are ready mm-hmm. and when they are not. So I'll say two things. First, look at your life. Do you like what you're doing? Do you like the type of work that you're doing? Do you like the people that you're working with? I remember one of my colleagues saying one time, I love all my clients. And I was like, <laughs> all of them? Like I love most of my clients. <laughs> and I like all of them. I've taken a few for resource purposes. <laughs> So when she said that, it made me realize, oh, but I could. I could choose to only work with people that I, I really love. enjoy. Yes. That that my team loves. I mean, we have a rule at Little Fish that like, if there's a team member that thinks you should be fired, you have to go. Because I don't work with you. And I trust them that have to work with you every day that yes. if you're making them miserable, yes. you don't get to stay just because of money. So yes. when you're thinking about your small business, do you like what you're doing? Do you like what you're achieving? Do you like the kind of work that you're doing, who you're working with, who you're surrounding yourself with? Start there because sometimes it's a big change, but sometimes it's small tweaks. It's I offer five different services, but I really only like two of them. So let's just offer these two. Two. Um, sometimes it's bigger than that. It's thought I want to be an accountant. Turns out I'd like to make websites. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, but if that's your thing, start thinking about how you can ease your way into that. Uh, we live in a space right now in time where you can build anything. anything. And so if you're an accountant that likes building websites, start building websites. Right. And then eventually you get more clients over there and you take fewer clients over here and you have a new business. So that's my first thing is like, just look at your life and see if that's the thing you want to do. The second thing, of course, y'all know I wasn't going to leave without saying, <laughs> look at your numbers. Correct. Look at what you're getting paid. Look at how much you have to pay for that service to actually happen. Um, DIY is not free. So when you are doing your own bookkeeping or doing your own marketing or setting up your own podcast, you think that you're saving money. Mm. What you are actually doing is spending that time, energy, and likely money in a direction that is not the thing that you are the expert in. So look at what you're spending on. Look at what you could be spending on. Because one of the things that I know, like we said earlier, you can make money. So if the goal is I want to be able to afford to hire an accountant, how much would that cost? And how many clients would you have to take on just to cover that cost? If that's the only thing that it was doing, like think about that, know what your numbers are, know how much you need to have in the bank. Look at your expenses. Like how many months could I go if I did take this 30 days and didn't take new clients? How long could I go without making new money? Because once you know that you can really make a decision about like, oh, I can't take that 30 days this month, but all my money comes in November. So I could take the month of December off if I know that that's where I'm heading towards. So look at your life, look at your numbers, and then look at your circle. 
<gasps> like not if, your circle having something to do with your revenue. Hey, <laughs> when I changed my circle, Oof. I made so much more money because we tend to think of ourselves as beginners for longer than we're actually beginners. Bitch, I'm about to jump out of this chair. <laughs> I'm about to jump out of this chair. I was just thinking about this today. Listen, you don't need no more startup conferences. No more. You want to start Girl, a business? <laughs> you don't need no more. You don't need no more sessions on like trying to get to my first. You don't need to learn anything else. You need to do the work. And the people in your circle will teach you how to do the work. You don't need to show up for another six-week course mm, 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 and another mm, coach mm. and another, oh, I should go listen to this podcast about. Listen, take what you need, but that is not what's stopping you. No. What's stopping you is not doing the work. And what's hard about doing the work is that you don't necessarily know what to do. And so if you put yourself in the right circles, the person that is one step, two steps, three steps ahead of you can always be like, girl, that was me last year. Here's what you need to do. And then your job is to go take the step. So your life, your money, your circle, they all matter. They all bring you to the place where you get to intentionally decide, is this the business I want to run? And if it ain't, do something different. <laughs> <laughs> I still got another question, but damn, girl. This circle thing, when I say the, this year what has made me feel rich in real life, has been my circle. Yeah. Rich in real life has been my circle and my network because of what you just said. Yeah. There's nothing out there. Like my answers are in my network yeah. right now. Yeah. My answers to my, pro I have people on call. Yeah. That to me was like the most valuable gift I was ever given. I have people on call when shit hits the fan yep. or when something in my business doesn't make sense. I don't need to hire someone new. No. I don't need to pay for a course. You don't need a consultant. I don't need a coach or a consultant. I need to call one of my friends in my network and be like, hey, so can I run this problem by you? In real life. Because I know you. So when you bring it, you don't have to be like, so what's your business about? And so what, what goals are you trying to achieve? It's like, get right to the point. I got a question. Yes, we can answer that. And people that know who you are. Yeah. Because I had something come up this year that was very big for me. And when I called on my circle, it was funny. I called them all in separate situations and they all said around the same thing. They were like, hey, I know you. Yeah. And I know your mission. Yeah. Does this align with your mission? And also I can lean into your feelings. I know what you're thinking. Mm. I know why you don't want to do it this way. Here's why you got to do it anyway. But I respect and value that these feelings are valid. You get to be scared. You get to have all of this anxiety and what if and blah, 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 and sit in that. But after that, here's the steps you need. Go do. And I don't have to worry about anybody in that circle because no. they all, don't nobody want what I have. No. We all want more for each other. Correct. And it is a game changer. We all win. I know that your intentions and your, your advice to me for to win and do well is valid. Yeah. It is intentional. Yeah. It is genuine. Yeah. That is, I'm like, that shit is priceless. Yeah. Priceless. Hold on to it. Uh, okay. Last question. Yes. I hope you guys got as much value from this interview as I did. Cause I'm yelling because, <laughs> but I'm hosting, but I'm yelling because this was for me. So what makes you, and I feel like I know what you're going to say. Cause you have, it has been threaded throughout this episode, but what makes you feel rich in real life? Authenticity. Like, mm. I think one of the most 
special things about this entrepreneurship journey and my circle and all is I get to be my real self that, you know, if you ever worked in corporate or you ever had to go to a job, <laughs> you know what it means to have to dim yourself. That something got to be tampered down mm -hmm. because you are not the boss here. You are the staff senior manager, whatever the thing is, but like you don't run it. Correct. So I'm going to need you to just show up in the ways that I need you to show up. Right. And what makes me feel rich is those people that you say you can call on. I can show up just as me mm. and answer the phone and be like, yo, I got <laughs> questions on this. Tell me what this is. I can, you know, cry or yell or be my full in anxiety because yep. I don't know what the hell we doing. I can reach out to people and say, we're going to be broke. All the money going to be gone. I don't know. What's I don't know what happen. to do. I'm in a panic. I'm, I'm freaking out. <laughs> exactly. And not have to like frame it just so, or explain it just so that I get to stand up and say, this is me. And I'm happy or I'm scared or I'm proud or I'm whatever. And I have a, a mountaintop of people that support me that hold me, that carry me, that do all of this in a way that doesn't require that I diminish myself in any way. And so when we talk about that, like in real life part, a lot of that is like, oh, when you see me, you get me because there's nobody around me that's telling me that I got to be something different. So you've generated a circle around you that does not use your vulnerability against you. No, Isn't they don't that use anything amazing? against me and they wouldn't. <sighs> and I think that like, we take for granted that that is a thing that we can have access to. But once you have it and you know it's available, you can't see nothing different. Mm -mm. You can't go back. Mm -mm. You The first whiff of somebody trying to use something. <laughs> uh -uh. I, <laughs> I got way better friends than I that. I got way better <laughs> friends. I started thinking about my circle. I'm like, none of them would talk to me. None like of that. them. So Not I can't one. let you in. Y'all. Y'all. Do you hear this? Keela Hill Trawick, you're going to want to follow her after this interview. I know it because it was, I hope it was as good for you as this was for me. Tell them where they can stalk you, follow you, learn more right now. And you're now offering services again. And I'm going to let this one out the bag, a soon to be author. Yes. So tell them where to find out more. Um, so you can find out more about the firm at littlefishaccounting.com. Also on Instagram at littlefishaccounting. Um, I am on Instagram at hellokeela. And I'm doing a lot on LinkedIn these days. So you can search for me on LinkedIn as well. Because that's where the money is. That's where the money's at. <laughs> Keela, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. Y'all, that is another episode of Rich in Real Life. If this episode filled you the way it filled me, tag me while you are listening at Jessica Hurley underscore so I can say hello, share this with a friend or someone in your network who you know is in need. And please don't forget to write a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform because it helps us continue to spread the message. And if you want more from me, Rich in Real Life, or any of the other conscious creators that we work with inside Epic Media Network, head over to epic.co for more. Until then, I will catch y'all next week on another episode of Rich in Real Life.